HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy, and uh, this is Roberta's Pizza. Um, so today's show is um, going to be about Lucky Peach Magazine, the new food quarterly from Momofuku's David Chang. Um, we have a guest who is not quite here yet. Um, he is the editor-in-chief of that um, and a great food writer all around. He co-wrote the Momofuku cookbooks. His name is Peter Meehan, and uh, let's hope he shows up. But... In the meantime, hopefully uh, we can reschedule him. And we've got Darren Bresnitz on air. He's Hello. hanging out. Thanks Thank so much for jumping in. Of course. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. So Darren runs uh, Snacky Tunes, the show that's on next. And, uh, you know, we, we are looking at these magazines, Lucky Peach. They just started last, I, I believe, fall and then no, it, no, it was fall, last winter. Su- last summer. Summer. Yeah, there's summer, whatever. And then the first issue is all about ramen, which is makes perfect sense. It is... A quarterly, and it's it's just it's not your average magazine. There's no you know breaking no. news. There's travel stories. There's a history about um, the guy who invented instant ramen, Momofuku Endo. And uh, the second issue is, is another theme that uh, is a little more abstract. It's called the Sweet Spot. Um, Darren, what do you think? What do you how do you like these magazines? Well, I love it. Mm-hmm. I really am happy to see this type of journalism coming out in the food world. So much of the food magazines that are out there are very precious. Yeah. And this is sort of the antithesis of precious, if right. you will. It's very gritty. It's very raw. Uh, lots of dead animals. Um, I think Anthony Bourdain talks about Roadhouse, the movie, uh, in the second issue. It's risque. It's risque. Okay. And it's covering, beyond that, it's just covering content that isn't being covered in printed fashion. I think you get a lot of this on blogs, but not mm-hmm. so much in a tangible... Yeah, that's a good point. You said, like, blogs. It is kind of like a blog, because it has a very unique perspective. And let's not forget, it's all pretty much funded by the Momofuku Restaurant Group. It's great. It's a personal I, thing. I mean, any time that I can hold a photo of something that Christina Tosi made each month makes me a very happy man. The dessert chef at uh, Milk yeah. Bar. So, you know, beyond... I think I think there's the that's the first part that makes it exciting, and the second part is the iPad app or the the 
that goes along with oh, it. Oh, I don't have that. Yes. Um, that's cool. I don't have an iPad uh, with, but it's the idea of launching a new type of magazine that is both a nod to the right. printed medium, but then also recognizing the importance of having an interactive component, which is great because it adds video, it adds texture, it adds substance. Uh, and I th- I'm pretty sure 0.0. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. Anthony Bourdain's mm-hmm. and uh, production, the people he does the layover with. I think they did a lot of the video content. Mm-hmm. And I, in the first issue, that in the introduction, uh, Peter explains who I'm going to kill. By the way, um, <laughs> it's fine. Look, it's, he explains it's, that this idea with Lucky Peach first started out as a TV show that he and David Chang wanted yes. to do, and then maybe an app, and then it's really funny how it went full circle to like the most archaic, I guess, of mediums, which is a print magazine. Well, I, I think in those three types of mediums something people, that you can jump people yeah still love magazines yeah i don't know anybody who really collect i get well i guess it's different i guess that people do collect tv shows now now they can buy dvds mm-hmm. but i mean how many cookie magazines do you have at home none okay <laughs> well that question fell flat i mean I, I think it's it's really great there's something about having the magazine edible sorry yeah oh yes you i think you have to i think yeah. they kick you out of brooklyn if you didn't have <laughs> edible you brooklyn don't have edible. <laughs> But you, you, you know something about the trends that are going on. Uh, it's really great. Even even at a, in a Savoir and Bon Appetit and Gourmet, it, it, I think it moves a, a little bit slower pace. But you can see the trends if you have it for a few years. Uh, both photography and recipes, and even uh, the advertisements, and I guess even you know. And it's also great to look at what events are being mm-hmm. placed in there as well. You know, to really see the rise of mm-hmm. you know it used to be South Beach, now it's Cayman Islands, now it's you know it's Aspen, right. it's all the stuff. Um, and this is just this is a really great addendum. I I don't I don't think it's a magazine for everyone. Yeah, I don't. And that's and it probably won't be. But there should be more magazines that aren't for everyone. Like there should be books and TV shows that aren't so mass that you know it's a niche thing and um, it, it it hits on these things like that you could never talk like the dead fish and you know stuff like that. Um, you mentioned advertising and this it's funny because um, the first issue does not have any ads no they did not and, and then the second the, one has a couple ads or something yes uh, you know I think the I can't remember if they came out and they were like we're not going to do ads but I, I, I think they fell into the same area as Mad Magazine <laughs> at some point where you just have to have ads yeah and a few and I, I don't think I don't think people care as much and those that really would raise a stink about advertising as long as the advertising doesn't affect the content. Exactly. And I think that it, that's one difference because a lot of advertisers have requirements. Like you cannot talk about uh, something too risque and it, we don't want to be associated. We don't want to have our ad in this magazine if you talk about, I don't know, what, something something horrible. Uh, we'll, we'll think of another example later. But on the other hand... Um, well, I mean, you're looking. It's, you it's really funny. They have two, um, both the covers. Uh, the first dead, and the second one. Dead animals. Dead animals. Which is one of the questions I wanted to ask Peter. Is every issue going to have a dead animal on the cover? Um, but anyway, um, this in this case though, there is an issue. I think of that like uh, something controlling, silently controlling the hand, uh, something controlling the content. That is, which is the fact that like, let's face it, you can't say a negative article. About uh, David Chang. Oh, in this? Yeah. I I think I think if anyone was to write a negative article about David Chang and Lucky Peach, it would be David Chang. Yeah. I think there is 
but you certain, know what I mean. It's like they are the hand controlling content. Well, of course, but you know, unless I'm misunderstood, no one you're ever going to find an article on Bon Appetit that's negative against Bon Appetit. Yeah, but they are supposed to be kind of unbiased when it comes to food. Who Bon Appetit? Bon Appetit. Oh, I don't think I don't <laughs> think that's true okay. at all. I mean, I, I, it's tough because you know, are these type of magazines considered journalism? You know, is this? I think that most people would think the other food magazines, Bon Appetit and so forth, are considered journalism. You should follow those kind of uh, integrity, whatever journalistic integrity okay. laws. But this one, it, it's more like art magazine. So, but True. then the, there's a fine line. So some people think it's it's a. Food but I'm, sh- I'm I don't sure know. they. And again, you know, you'd have to ask Mr. Meehan. <laughs> but uh, dang it, where are you? Uh, but I, I would say that I'm sure that anytime they write an article, it gets fact checked at some level. I'm sure all the recipes are are. Tested. Well, fact checking is one thing, but you know the the. the you know the ideas that that you know the board meetings. Let's what to put in this magazine. You know, it's just like any any editor in chief like has some. Uh, well, yes, I mean it's just like it, I mean it, you know this is this definitely falls into the more you know it's it's more likened to less of a Bon Appetit and Gourmet, more like a very niche music type of magazine where it really mm-hmm. is one or two people's visions. And thesis and statements about that, and of course, what's going to get filtered through that are is just right. always going back yeah. to that thesis. I mean, go let's let's uh, we brought up uh, Edible Brooklyn. Yes, that definitely has a thesis, which is to champion our local food. Right, and of course, and fairly, you know, evenly, hopefully, those des- they believe are deserving. But the whole goal of it is to showcase and celebrate Brooklyn food, right? And artisans and, and stuff. But they definitely have their own agenda. Mm-hmm. Which is that, right? Which is that. And, I mean, if you don't see a lot... I mean, I, I actually can't think of any other restaurant brand that has a magazine. So, I don't even know exactly. who, who to compare yeah. it to. This is, I feel like this is a very interesting development because we will see a lot more of these. Because as we... You know, print journalism is, is hard to make viable. Gourmet Folded, we all know all about that. People yeah. are saying print is dead, whatever. But how do you make it viable? And it used to be ads, and now... This, you know, now it's going to have to... Well, it's funny you bring up ads because Christina Tosi is in one of the ads for... uh, Well, is it an ad? Yeah. Yeah, that is. Rebel for the mixer. But, I mean, it's very organic, but this is also um, blurring the line a lot. I know. Because this is their presenter of her book tour... And I have no idea if they paid for the ad in the magazine. But yeah, who is getting benefit? I, it's hard to tell because she gets exposure, which is part of the Momofuku restaurant group. Breville gets exposure. It's like, it's all, yeah, like you were saying, it's kind of organic. Interesting. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, someone was telling me this joke the other day that David Cross made about trying to uh, pay his electric bill with scene cred. <laughs> And it's sort of what it comes down to. I mean, it's, it's how much do you want to judge uh, a, a venture like this where these guys are really putting themselves out there. There's a lot of reason why restaurant tours or things like that don't do magazines like this because, one, it distracts from the restaurant. And, two, uh, you know, a lot of them don't have the same personality as David Chang. I mean, David Chang is like a really rare mm-hmm. type of guy. He yeah. really is a personality uh more than almost any other person, and he has the empire to back it up. And I think I see your special guest watching yes! right now. P. 
Peter Mahan is in the station. Now that I, now that we've blasted, no, just Anyway, no. um. You know, it brings up another story um, about the uh, advertisers and um, the blurred line between journalism and maybe marketing. Um, do you remember Guilt Taste? Of course. When that came out? Is it still going there's on? There's a lot of, yeah, I think so. And there's a lot of talk about how, oh, now we can't tell if this is journalism or. Oh, that's or, commerce. Or what? Or commerce or e-com. Hey there, sir. So Peter is in a band, so maybe he was up all night playing with Spectre Folk, his rock band. Oh, you, I said 1.30? Apparently I said 1.30 to Peter and I was wrong. Sorry about that. It's alright, I've been keeping the microphone warm for you. <laughs> so you could pull up that mic right here. We were just talking about Lucky Peach and um, first of all, you are the editor-in-chief. I am, I am, I am the editor. We made Chris Ying the editor-in-chief. All right. Who's uh, our, our buddy at McSweeney's, who we do the magazine with. Cool. But you've been championing, you've been behind the conception and everything. Yeah. It's your baby. It's kind of, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's my, I have a little baby, but it's my other baby. And I actually brought, this is the new. Oh, the new one. Yeah. It's the, we wanted to know um, what's the, because the first theme is ramen. The second one is the sweet spot. And this one, issue it, three, will be. Cooks and chefs. Ooh. So it's like a, it's like a. You know, you just like handed a, me a marked up manuscript. That's, that's awesome. That, that's as close as I've got to a finished copy. We finished it yesterday. Um, that's amazing. Uh, will, and will the cover be another dead animal? The cover is another dead animal. Um, it is a uh, it is a pig leg uh, getting tattooed with a human cut into sections. Wow, um, love it. So, Sounds so, very, so now we've uh, we've had a dead chicken Damien and a dead Hurst. fish, and we well we actually have Sarah Lucas who's part of that. Damien Hurst okay. scene in the magazine. Is she uh, the one who did the tattoos on the pigs that he turned into sculptures? No, she is another one of those young British artists who does, you know, kind of yeah. the installation stuff. But she uh, she and Fergus Henderson did a story uh, for us for, for this issue. So cool. Cooks and Chefs, it's kind of a, you know, chefy circle jerk of an issue. I mean, it you guys always work. really do get the hippest and coolest chefs all over the world. It's, uh, I... We try. It sounds like I I love the article in the first one that has just the speech bubbles around the chefs, uh, Anthony Bourdain, Wiley Dufresne, and uh, Dave Chang. Yeah, that was... That's uh, so fun. That was, uh, you know, that's the great thing about working with the guys at McSweeney's is, is, you know, we've we've got this transcript of a conversation that Ying and I edited down into something somewhat readable, Mm -hmm. but then they, you know, found inspiration in... Brazilian photo novellas, which I guess was like a thing happening in Brazil in the 1970s. These mm-hmm. crazy, crazy designed with huge heads on every page talking, and that was kind of the inspiration for for that one. So Sweet. it's good to have you know people who you can hand a, a jumbled mess to and be like, "Can you make this pretty?" And <laughs> then they do. You know, that's the that's you the guys magic. have a vision and they executed it. Excellent. Well, um, uh, what was I going to say? I guess you answered. Um, Whatever. How do I get to write for Lucky Peach? <laughs> you, we, we just talk about it over pizza. Okay, good. That was that was actually how Mario Batali, he did a big story for this new issue, and it was kind of like, he emailed, he's like, so what, what do I have to do? Mm. And I'm like, you asked, all right, let's do it. It's uh, awesome. I have this idea about, um, like, a, a story about making food for my dogs. Making food? Oh, because you guys have, like, the whole dog thing going on. Yeah, we have a couple dogs. And uh, I've and you've got the dog charity thing going on. Yeah, we have a Humane Society charity thing coming up uh, March 31st. But um, 
I've, you know, sometimes I just reach into my freezer and I find like leftover entrails from a whole animal that I had and then I mix it up and cook some veggies and some grains and it's crazy. Yeah, how it's into like, dog nutrition are you? Because I have friends who cook for their dogs. I'm terrible. I don't really I'm, I'm I terrible. Know. And I have a friend who I work with who's our culinary producer and he will only cook for his dogs. Like he, he gives them no bag food, no nothing. I read about this in the Times too. Yeah. yeah a while ago. Yeah, my dog, my my dog never took to to cooking very well, but he never took to me either. So it was it was kind of ten years of unrequited, you know. Well, he never took to no, your I was I was doing. He yeah. never cooked himself. No, no, he never took to 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 me as his owner. Okay. I was doing the math towards the end of his days, and I'm like, we've mm. been on like thirty thousand walks together, and you still don't like me. Um, no, I, I, I as a I, I have a dog, and I'm. Just we just celebrated our one year anniversary, and I'm still sort of like mm, I don't I don't know if you really like me. That's yeah. I'm, isn't that part of the deal? Un, unbridled affection. That's, that's what I thought. If Loyal if I if if I wanted a challenge, day. I could have gotten another human in my house. I could have gotten a cat. Yeah, I could understand the indifference. There was a there was a, a onion uh, headline once that that put me off of getting cats ever again. I grew up with cats, and it was, "Do you want a box of shit in your house? Get a cat." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's such a good point." But dogs, I don't know. There's, you know. Yeah. I don't know. See, isn't yeah. this such good substance for a Lucky Peach story? I don't, I don't know. We, had a, we were talking about something when you, before you came in about the whole business model of how, I think you said it started as a show, then went to an app, and then now it's a magazine, but it's also being funded partly by the whole... Bre- how, does that, how does the breakdown work? Of, of the, the business of Of the Lucky. business of Lucky Peach, because no, one, no other brand is doing what you're doing that that started as a restaurant well we i mean i i feel like this diner journal is that an example diner diner journal yeah they've got they've got the yeah they have a quarterly that's really handsome that i i think it's a quarterly comes out kind of like ours a little bit irregularly um it it we started out yeah trying to make a television show and we were going to put it out in an app and that is still in this strange quagmire limbo zone but when uh when we were starting out on that, Ying from McSweeney's, who is, is a buddy of mine, you know, he was just like, well, let's, let's do a magazine. And it seemed so dumb to everyone involved. But I was like, I'll take care of it. I'll just do it with Ying. It'll be this little thing. And then the, you know, the app and TV show never has, has not uh, come to term yet. And the magazine came out. And then it was successful. I mean, we printed like 30,000 copies of the first issue and you know we're hoping to sell like half of them to like make our money back I and see. we ended up selling 72,000 copies of it and then wow. We're, wow we're doing more and more for each issue so it's 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 growing and you know it's found an audience and that's and that's what's enabled it to continue to happen is so it's self sufficient yeah that's incredible. Are you going to keep doing ads? Because I know I noticed in the second one that you mentioned in the intro, there's a couple ads because we, we like these guys. We, we, well, yeah. I, I, I would take ads from people I don't like. Dave Chang seems to have quibbles <laughs> with that. He's like, no, we can't take money from those people. I'm like, but their money, but their money, we can spend it. Um, so yeah, we are trying to sell ads, but we are very bad at selling ads. Okay. Because uh, so that's we something say, that you might just yeah, do more. Of. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we're hoping like maybe to get six ads in an issue so it's still like 30 pages of stories to one ad so it's not like an intrusion but it would be good because it would make it more self-sufficient it would make it easy ad is 
and it would ad, give us ad, money ad, to send people to do stupid things. You no know, one has problems when they play ads between television shows that they like. No, Ex- except that we get to just take them off the internet now and watch them without ads. <laughs> that's, so, that's very, that's very. True. But yeah, I mean, advertising is something we're interested in getting more of. But it's it's difficult also because we're not, we don't have like a demographic. We're not You're trying not sure to yet. reach yeah. any particular audience. Okay. And I, I think see. it's, and I think for advertisers, they're they're more used to, you know buying what they feel like will be a, a certain demographic that they can reach and we're like we don't know people buy it <laughs> but don't you guys have a bit of a thesis of a certain type of genre that really isn't being I think so Savor right? you have a, I would say of all the big names you overlap a little bit with Savor because they're a little bit hipper but no one is really covering what you're doing or putting dead animals on the cover or things like that yeah I mean I think it's it's different you know I, I think it does have a space of its own in the in the pantheon of food magazines that are out there but you know, those magazines are run by real media companies that know how to tell advertisers things that make them want to give them money. And we're yeah. like, we're like, it's cool, That's dudes. Come on, goal. you should put an ad in. And it, I guess that doesn't work. I was surprised. I thought that people would be like, oh, it's cool, we'll buy an ad. But I think I think you, you need know. more than. Like I think we need my like a high po- school literary journal. We would do the yeah, same exactly. thing. We're not sure. I think I think I need to get into PowerPoint, and then we can. You <laughs> I think know, you, sell you, you should be able to sell advertising on coolness in like the early '90s and the early 2000s, and then when, once the bubble burst people are like i want a return on my investment yeah i you know but i like you know there's yes i i think we can sell more ads and we will try to sell more mm-hmm. ads but if we don't luckily like through subscribers and and single issue sales like it's it's staying afloat okay cool but, but, but if we get advertisers we can go and do stupid things and spend <laughs> all of that money you know going somewhere ridiculous which is you know i just mm-hmm. want it to fund some sort of fantasy lifestyle that i don't have yet <sighs> Well, what are you lo- most looking forward to um, exposing or just writing about creatively um, in future? You know, I, I think and, for yeah. me, like the thing that keeps it interesting and fun is the chance to get give people assignments that they want and give them the space to do the stories that they want to do. I mean, that's always a struggle when you're like a freelance writer, mm-hmm. you know, is like I know when I worked at The Times, I, there were so many stories I wanted to write that I could never get traction to do so there's there's real joy for me in being able to that's why you got to start a blog peter i, I <laughs> i've tried i started a tumblr and i posted on it twice i okay. mean the internet i don't yeah. know there's something about <laughs> you don't our, get paid for it also our, yeah but it seems like i should you know do more with it but yeah the internet and me just haven't figured things out yet we're, we're sure. you know no, this this is this is awesome. I I, I just love your right your the travel logs in it and stuff like that. The travel logs like, were f- th- those were fun to cool do stuff. and yeah you know and it's like we get artists that we like to contribute and we get to pay everybody a little money and that's you know it's a good uh, that's awesome. It's a good little ecosystem we have going on over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the third issue's theme sounds a little broad: cooks and chefs. Yeah, it, it's it's like a you know it's a catch-all, but um, but no, I mean we. You know, uh, Dave uh, is, like, super pessimistic, like, uh, cooking is dying. So that was, like, his big <laughs> thing. You know, like, yeah, like, cooking is over. Like, uh, you know, there's nothing left. Oh, like, in the co- foodie bubble is, like, the, No, just away, cooking or? in general is dead. Right. I know, I know. You I, mean, I at a time oh, when food is the most popular it's ever right. been in pop culture? So, so, right. so that was, like, that was kind of a starting point of, uh, you know, of engaging, like, Mario on that topic. Mm-hmm. And I went up and... Uh, talked to the Joe Beef guys uh, in Montreal and just y- let the issue be a platform for 
chefs to talk about their profession. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we kind of approached it that way. And, and Dave's essay in there is super bleak, but Mario's is, <laughs> you know, and, and like Tom Clicchio in it is like, he, he, he's in Dave's essay and he's like, oh, I, you, you got to be less hard on yourself. Dude. I personally um, would love to see this one. Cause I, well, it's going to come out. Yeah. It, yeah. But I mean, cooking and home cooking, it's, it's, it's very right. And that's the thing. This was, this is restaurant cooking and that's, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something, and we have fewer recipes in this issue than we did in the first two. So I think for the next issue, we're going to focus more on actionable, real recipes that, that people yeah. can yeah, that, that was fun. I like how there was a mistake in one, the first issue. Oh, man. <laughs> the noodles. Yeah, it's terrible because it was a really great recipe. And, and when we, we got it to like, you know, when, when I was making it at home, I was so stoked. I'm like, oh, man, you can make ramen noodles at home. This is great. And then it came out with like a misprint a, a in horrible, the ingredients. Yeah, capital well, T for tablespoon over lowercase T for... You, I think you guys uh, made up for it with that little cartoon illustrating what goes yeah. wrong. Yeah, I <laughs> felt that, enough self-flogging there, you know. <laughs> and what is the editorial pitching process on this? Because this is all... Um, I know, it looks like you I just... I mean, it, it, it all seems sort of just like, well, we're just going to write about this. Ruth Reichel, but Anthony this, Bourdain, Mario well, Batali. Yeah, yeah, Ruth was... Yeah. That was amazing that she came in and did it. And, and I mean, generally, Dave and I will come up with a topic and come up with some like kind of themes that maybe we want to get explored and then we assign from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that's really where it goes. Some of this stuff we, for the first issue, especially was sourced from the travels that we'd done for Mm -hmm. this television program. But now, you know, and now there's more uh, that people, more people know about it. So through McSweeney's we're getting, you know, put in touch with people who write for them. So now getting essays that way. So it's, it's kind of an evolving thing. But awesome. Well, maybe I have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so what else are you working on besides Lucky Peach these days? Lucky New cookbooks? Lucky Peach is kind of uh, eating my life alive. Making a 176-page magazine every four months, it turns out to be a horrible mm. idea. Um, when you have, <laughs> I mean, there's really, there's Chris and Rachel uh, are the two editors at McSweeney's who work on it, and two designers, and that's the whole basic staff so uh so that's kind of eaten my life alive but there you know i have ideas for books that Mm -hmm. i have no time to pursue but i'm hoping we can find the system yeah tame this beast a little bit get it uh you know because right now it's still kind of all hands on deck all the time but Mm -hmm. are you you still doing much traveling uh overseas like no faraway lands no we did a bunch of that for for that first issue but Mm -hmm. since then i have not and you know, and I have a little baby who's two years old, and so leaving oh, is like, you know, yeah. it's like, do I want to go and bro down in this country with you for a week, <laughs> or do I want to hang out at home with my daughter? And she's, you know, I don't know. She'll be like 13, and she'll hate me soon enough. Yeah. So Then you'll be like, like Daddy is gone. <laughs> gone. He is out of here. But yeah, no, most of the travel is just to go out to San Francisco and, and work with the guys to put the issue together. Cool. You could, you could be in worse places. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know. Peter, what do you like to cook at home? Best, best meal for a date. God, for a date. I'm, I've been in a relationship. No, we got married uh, a, couple, oh, a month ago. Yeah. Uh, so I've been in a relationship for 17 years, 18 years now. So dates okay. are so far <laughs> in the past, I don't even know what would happen on them. But we cook. I mean, I don't really eat out in restaurants much at all anymore. It's, it's kind of a recovering restaurant critic thing. But, yeah. you know, between having a kid, so you have to pay, mm-hmm. you know, 80 bucks to a babysitter if you want to go out for the night. You know, put that on top of a meal. So we we cook at home constantly. I mean, just you know, and that's and that was really where my love of cooking came from was 
cooking out of cookbooks and learning about food that way. So getting to to cook at home is better for me than going to new restaurants all the time. Sweet. Um, Anything that you're particularly rocking out on the stove right now? I'm trying to think. No, I mean, it's a pretty... Baby food? (laughs) Yeah, there's... No, she's she's a pretty good eater. There's a lot of pasta going on because she likes that and it's cheap and easy. But, you know, like Marcella Hazan recipes, there's a bunch of recipes that... I wrote with Dave years ago for the Momofuku cookbook that are still like there's a, a spicy rice cakes dish that they have at Sambar, but oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I've just turned that into like you can put any protein in that sauce and put it on any starch. So you know that's like that beautiful. Great. Yeah, a rotation. Favorite. Where do you get your rice cakes? Those Korean things. I had M to M on Second Avenue or up okay. at Honorium on Thirty Second Street, nice. and then burgers. There's like a burger thing in our household for sure <laughs> going on. Yeah. You know Martin's potato rolls, and then I've got this Japanese butcher around the corner from my house. So mm-hmm. they're yeah, you know, I can't afford any of their real beef, but their ground beef is cheap. So. Yeah, but that's you know if you're getting quality at the start, it, yeah, you just get you know, what you they get. wear ties, they grind it fresh for you, they and wear then ties, yeah, and then you give them three dollars. It's a you know, and they you know, there's the whole Japanese mm-hmm. card passing ritual. It's you know, so I I don't know, I don't know if there's any like epic home meal creations going on anything you're making planning on doing for valentine's day i know it's a little while ahead god no but that's an excellent reminder to do something i i I like going to prune on valentine's day have you ever been to prune on valentine's day i did a few years ago we got like the 6 p.m seating followed up by going to see that new rambo movie wow i picked the restaurant (laughs) that's that's the weird thing uh, but no, they have a really great tasting menu, and it's it's very. There's like a poetic, like you know, it's like uh, yeah. uh, uh, bitter lettuces with broken vinaigrette and grilled hearts. And grilled, and like, yeah, there's just like narrow, a, and it's just it's yeah. it's very uh, yeah, it's, it's very an adorable carnal. restaurant. Yeah. Oh, carnal. Oh, okay. That's what. I mean, there there's some. You go in there, and you're like, okay, gets you in the mood. Yeah. And then you go see Rambo. To go see Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> it was hands down. If you want to talk about the weirdest Valentine's Day I've ever had. How was that new Rambo movie? Um, I've I've never seen. I mean, I've seen action films. It was the most violent, like and violent to the point where you know because action movies are sort you know the guy gets shot and they fall back. This was like heads exploding and people's throats getting ripped out. The girl I was with was totally into it. I was sitting there. I was like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> Needless to say, it didn't last. Oh. I know. Anyway. And she was a vegetarian. I, yeah, exactly. Heavy duty. What about you, Valentine's Day? Valentine's, I don't know. Um, I probably will, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to think of something. I'm taking my girlfriend to Issa. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's a beautiful restaurant. It's, they are, if you haven't been there yet, people listening, Issa is just, South Second and Wythe, they're doing amazing stuff. Yeah, I went to like an early party that they had going on, and the food coming out of the kitchen was great. But I haven't been back for it's, like it's, a it's gotten, it's it's gotten even because I went the I went early on, and I was like, just the they need a little time, and I've been back since, and they're doing phenomenal things. It'll be one of those things where once people find out about them and they get some inevitable Times review, it's going to be mm-hmm. just waits. But they're nice; they're really nice people. One last question, Peter: How do you get? Um like inspiration for the next project or art. I know you have your feet pretty deep into Lucky Peach right now, but before when you were sort of just, you know, a freelance writer, what, what did you like, you know, take walks around the city? Was there anything that you did to just kind of stumble or, you know, find your treasure, your next gem to write about or well, idea? When I was doing the 25 and under thing, that was a lot of like, let's go to a train stop. I've never been to before and walk around and see if anything doesn't look disgusting. Um, <laughs> but, I feel like it's so strange, but there are 
are stories that I've wanted to write for years that I've never taken the time to pursue. So I I just feel like I have this backlog of things okay. that I've nice. wanted to do. And and like that was like the Joe Beef thing in this new issue. I had written about those guys once for the travel section years ago, but in the intervening years I've got to know them very well. So it was like I want to go back and do something that's more instead of it being like a outside person looking in on Joe Beef, now that I know those guys, like go and, and get in there and get a chance to write that. Um, I don't know if you've seen their cookbook that came yes, out. Yes, But I, I think they did an amazing job on that. So, I mean, like, I've wanted to write a book about sea urchins since, like, for, like, five years now. And wow. I've, and I have, like, a huge thing of research on it and, you know, have taken no time for it. But, like, I don't know, like, when I'm 40, like, I'll get around to doing that. So That's awesome. I hope you At this point, do. I feel like I'm clearing out backlogs of old ideas more than than out looking for new things but then i I feel guilty about that but then i have a baby and i feel like i'm old so but if you're a trendsetter then your ideas just seem current yeah i don't i don't know about setting any trends but we get you know but we get to do what we want to do and that's like the most fun you can have writing definitely and i think that your ideas will only percolate and become perhaps a return better over time or i'll have enough foresight or hindsight at that time did not do them because they're not as good as I thought they were. <laughs> well, you know, maybe that's, a, that's all for the better, too. Um, really, really stunning, stunning stuff here. Yes, Peach. Thank you for and having me on. I'm sorry I was late. I'm sorry I told you 1.30. Um, your cookbooks are just so channel the voices of, of the people involved. Um, we, we had peter on like a year ago we we're talking about when the frankie's cookbook just came out so. yeah like very, love it yeah on the shelf go it's, to totally totally crazy how um how yeah. you just capture them i need so. yeah i probably need to graduate from writing in other people's voices to writing in my own yes, but please. i but i feel like you urchin know, there's there's time you know okay there's time hope. is it urchin that's an excellent show ending pun there alright thanks again Peter thanks Darren no problem we'll listen to him next on Snacky Tunes and thanks everyone at Heritage Jack and Carlos see you next week thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network you can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.